Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. Welcome back into the Cocky on Saturday podcast. We are now just under 40 days until kickoff in Charlotte. SEC media days are behind us, and with next week, training camp will start. Over the next couple weeks here, we are going to start our positional breakdown for this roster headed into the season. Today, we are going to be focusing on the offense, going position by position group, help making sure to catch you guys up on What's changed from last season? We've had a handful of graduates, a handful of transfers. We had a lot of guys come in from the transfer portal as well. So my goal is I want to make sure you guys know the names to look out for in Charlotte when we kick off against UNC. By the way, game day's back. Game day will be in Charlotte for that opener against UNC. Battle of the States, the quarterback battle between Spencer Rattler and Drake May. I'm pumped for it. If you needed any more excitement, well, Lee Corsa is going to be back in town, and I cannot wait to see him put the cocky head on again. So without further ado, let's jump right into this offense. And of course, we're going to start right here with the quarterbacks. QB1 is pretty set in stone, which is a great feeling as a fan to know who your quarterback is and a true bona fide starter. It was around this time last year at SEC Media Days that Shane Beamer made a joke that if Rattler was back, he would bring him to the Media Days this year. And here we are. Spencer Rattler officially enters his second season with the Gamecocks, something maybe a lot of us did not see, but it's awesome to sort of take in this environment of Gamecock football and really embrace it. Believe it or not, this decision to come back for another season already paying off dividends. A lot of the NFL scouts are looking very closely to how he ended the season last year. You know, the 400 yards against Tennessee, the 300 against Clemson, total of eight touchdowns between those two games. A recent mock draft even had him in the top 15. I know that may be a little bit ahead of schedule, but Who's to say if he can't piece together a season like we saw at the end of the year, why he wouldn't be right back up there in the mix? We're only two years removed from him supposed to be a number one overall pick in the draft. And obviously those series of events happen at Oklahoma and Caleb Williams is the one currently sitting in that seat. But who who's to say if he cannot get back to that level, why he wouldn't be right back up there in the mix? Not necessarily saying he's taking over Caleb, but he could easily be second, third, fourth quarterback off the board come NFL draft next year. And he has a great platform to start in week one, going head-to-head with Drake May, who most people consider to be the second-best quarterback of this upcoming draft class. If Rattler can go in to Charlotte and outplay him, outproduce him, I think that says everything you need to know about Spencer Rattler and the year we're expecting out of the young kid. The biggest question for this quarterback room comes behind Spencer Rattler. A lot of questions and a lot of fans are starting to ask, hey, who's the backup? I I think that question is a little bit redundant and might be a little bit forced. Luke Doty still sits on this roster. This is a guy that only two years ago was playing some very serious snaps for this team. 
uh, a great leader, certainly somebody the coaches have a lot of respect for. And even after having to take a backseat to Rattler, has been a great influence on that quarterback room in limited time last year, still put together 71% completion percentage. And, you know, this is a guy that embodies a lot of good things about this program. Will have a chance to get back on the field after Rattler leaves at the end of the season. And so I see no reason to think why he would not be the backup to start the year. The guy a lot of people have their eyes on, though, is, of course, the young freshman Lenore Sellers from South Florence High School, the four star dual threat quarterback that just entered campus this past spring. Somebody a lot of people see kind of taking over that Dakarian Joyner role, running some of that Wildcat offense. And from the sounds of it, coaches are absolutely ecstatic about Sellers. Six foot three, 215 pounds in high school in his senior season, put up 62 total touchdowns, close to 3,000 passing yards, and over 1,300 rushing yards. That speaks for itself. When he's on the field, good things can happen. Excited to see where he can go, but guys, don't get ahead of yourselves. He's a freshman, there's a big, big learning curve ahead of him. He will have the right to earn some playing time, and maybe we see him in that Wildcat role. But for the time being, he's not taking over backup duties from Luke Doty. And we'll see beyond this year what can happen there. And then, obviously, to round out that quarterback room, we do have Tanner Bailey, Colton Gauthier, both four stars in their own rights. Honestly, what that tells me is, hey, we have depth. That's something we haven't seen in a long time at South Carolina at the quarterback position. You probably have to go back to the Shaw, Dylan Thompson days to see that depth again. And, you know, injuries do happen. It's a great thing to see when you have a loaded quarterback room. It's only going to make them work harder, push each other, and be able to get to that next level as far as play on the field goes. So super excited about this quarterback room. Obviously, we know the guy at the top and very excited for what the future holds for us with Luke Doty, Lenora Sellers, and maybe Tanner Bailey will shock us all as well. Moving on to the running back position, and this is a position that was pretty much decimated last year. We all think about Marshawn Lloyd and, you know, was certainly hurt when he transferred to Florida State, but it, he was hurt and wasn't really producing great numbers either at South Carolina to the point where Jaheim Bell became a fixture in our backfield. Jaheim Bell's a tight end through and through. Great playmaker. You want to get the ball in his hands, but he's not truly a between-the-tackles runner. But the most exciting news came out of spring, and I know some people are hesitant and don't really know where this fits in in the future landscape of this season, but it sounds like to carry on Joyner, this is his job to lose. We'll see how things shape up in camp upcoming, but in spring, he really did run away with the job. If you listen to our last episode, he certainly had his reservations about taking on the new role, but he's fully taken it under his wing. He's now up to 229 pounds. A lot of people's concerns with him is that he wasn't large enough to be a between-the-tackle runner, but hey, there's not many guys on this roster at 229, 6'1", certainly has the size. And what I'm excited about is this guy, on Joyner, When he moved to wide receiver, he wasn't necessarily a take-the-top-off kind of guy. He didn't have that elite speed. We weren't throwing the deep bombs to him. Our game plan was to throw quick screens or get him underneath, get him in space, allow him to make a football move, and do what he does best from there. 
at the running back position, to be able to throw it to him out of the backfield, that's exactly how you want a game plan when you have a guy of his skill set on the roster. So I'm pumped about DK taking over this role and cannot wait to see what he does this season. I think at the end of the season, and maybe this is a little bit rushed, but to be perfectly honest, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think we see him in a spot where he's having national honors or at least SEC honors. I think he's going to shock us all, and I think he's truly found a home at the running back position. Right behind him it is sort of going to be a battle for that backup spot. If you guys see my depth chart rankings, I actually have the new transfer, Mario Anderson, taking over running back two duties. I know most people probably have Juju McDowell listed as number two, but Mario Anderson is a, a transfer from Division two. He played at Newberry College. He's a South Carolina local uh, out of high school. But at Newberry, ran for over 3,300 yards in his career, was first-team All-American in his senior year, totaling over 1,500 rushing yards. He's a smaller back, 5'9", but think almost maybe Mike Davis, sort of that bowling ball type of running back. And he, he's been on campus since January. Coaches love him. They like what they saw out of him in spring. He's an experienced runner. Wouldn't be shocked if he is sort of splitting those first, second down carries with DK to start the year. A more experienced back. Going to be a little bit better in pass protection too. So a very viable option to be in there on third down. And you know expect him to be an instant contributor to this Gamecocks team. And to round out the running back room, Juju McDowell is still on roster. A guy that we've seen make some electric plays, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. A great change of pace back, has averaged over eight yards a carry throughout his career. A great special teams contributor. He's still going to see the field plenty. He's going to be in on third downs. Even though he's a smaller back, he is pretty good at picking up pass coverage. So expect him to still be there pretty heavily in the beginning of the year. But I I really am erring on the side of us seeing DK and Mario as a more constant duo out of our backfield. And Hey, if we have Juju coming in as a change of pace, that's not a bad problem to have. This is shaping up to be a pretty solid running back room when six months ago, we only had two scholarship running backs on roster. So pumped about this group and hopefully the ground game can have a little bit more success this season. Now on to the wide receiver room. This might be one of the most loaded wide receiver rooms after a year removed of not having many names in the room there. Antoine Wells, of course, coming back, otherwise known as Juice Wells, running it back for the final season with Spencer Rattler, his running mate, recently ranked by Big Game Boomer on Twitter as the number five player in the SEC. He's probably the first bona fide wide receiver one we've had here since Brian Edwards, as far as that uh, you know typical outside guy. You know, I know Shy Smith, Josh Van were number ones, but they're a little bit more in the slot, a little bit more underneath. It's cool to see us having a guy pretty well ranked on national scale, and that's only going to help Spencer as he moves into this final year. Uh, Juice did average over 13 yards catch last season, and three out of the last four games went over 100 yards. So just going to hope we he can continue that momentum into this season. And right behind Juice, probably the most experienced wide receiver on this team, Xavier Leggett, should be filling in at that second outside slot, at least to start the season. I think things will change as the season goes on, but 
This is a guy that, don't forget, he was a quarterback out of high school. He made a position change very similar to DeCarrion Joyner, but has elite speed, a great size, really should be a great threat on the outside, and we see, we've seen glimpses of it. He's really bided his time since being at South Carolina, but he now moves into his fifth year, had a great bowl game, seven catches for 78 yards, and expect him to be a consistent face out there on the field. And right behind him, looking more towards the slot position, Amarion Brown is back for his third season on campus. Short wide receiver, but great in the slot. Five foot nine, great special team contributor. But Leggett and Brown have a lot to prove. Their numbers, as far as production goes, haven't quite been at the level you expect to see out of SEC wide receivers, but they will have their chance this year to put up those numbers. I have the utmost faith in them. And you know, think they can round out a pretty solid wide receiver group. And the fourth guy in that mix, and maybe somebody I expect to take over some of those outside duties, but don't sleep on him as a slot guy as well, is the transfer from Memphis, Eddie Lewis. He's a six-foot wide receiver. He can play anywhere on the field. A great threat. Put up over 600 yards in his final season there at Memphis. Started his college career at Rutgers. He's also a great returner. I I fully expect him to get a look at those punt returner duties, especially early in the season. I I know I've spoken about Nick Harbour potentially taking over that role, but you know, bring in an experienced guy in Eddie Lewis. Excited to see what he can do on the field and getting into that mix there. Two more names to keep an eye on in that wide receiver room, and we're getting a little bit deeper into the depth chart here, but. Omega Blake, a local kid from Rock Hill, South Carolina. He's a redshirt sophomore now, standing at six foot two. Had a great spring. He was actually the co most improved offensive player with the carry on joiner in spring practice. So I, I think later in the year we're actually gonna see a lot of contribution out of him and you know, a guy that in years to come might end up being like a Brian Edwards type guy. He has the size can play on the outside he's only going to continue to get better and excited to see contributions from him this year along with going back to our boy Nick Harbour the number one athlete in the entire country there's not enough hype around him five star 98 rating on the recruiting websites six foot five wide receiver 225 pounds and somehow he runs a four four he was a two-sport athlete in high school. It will continue to do so at South Carolina along with track. But again, another impressive guy in spring. I, again, he's going to have to earn some of that playing time. It's similar to Sellers. The two of them actually uh, have been seen throwing together and practicing outside of practice. So that's pretty cool to see for the future. But you know, true freshmen, they're not just going to be able to step on the field week one. They're going to have to earn that time, and maybe they can do that in camp, but you know, throughout the course of the season, fully expect to see Harbor on the field and cannot wait to see where this offense can go in the future. You know, Super focused about this year and Rattler and Co., but in the future, we could potentially be seeing a 6'3 Sellers along with a 6'5 Nicholas Harbor. Oh my, would that be quite the dual threat, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for this offense. For the tight end room for the Gamecocks, it's all new faces. We saw some transfers at the end of last year, and Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell wish them the best of luck as they move on in their careers, but 
we actually were able to score pretty well in the transfer portal coming right back. So we brought in Trey Knox from Arkansas and then Joshua Simon from Western Kentucky. Trey Knox, a huge name, one of the biggest transfers. I think he was actually a top 10 transfer in the country. So a huge get for Shane Beamer. Shane spoke at SEC Media Days about how tough it was to game plan against Trey Knox. So certainly a guy they were out to get in that transfer portal and a huge score for the former tight end coach in Beamer. At Arkansas, he averaged over 11 yards a catch. It scored five touchdowns last season and just a huge threat in the red zone. And as the backup, Joshua Simon, maybe a little bit of a quieter name. Trey Knox absolutely has a little bit more fanfare, but I think Simon is a huge find for this coaching staff. Coming out of Western Kentucky, originally from South Carolina, stands at six foot four, and he averaged over 15 yards a catch throughout his career at Western Kentucky. He was plagued by injuries in his last couple years. In 2019, 2020, he was receiving all-conference honors. And in 2021, he did miss the full season. But in 2022, he was able to come back, have a very solid senior year with seven touchdowns. And he's also somebody that won the Gamecock Toughness Award in spring practice. So somebody that's resonate with the coaching staff already. I expect big things out of Joshua Simon. I think that tight end duo will almost be reminiscent of what we thought Stogner and Jaheim Bell would be last year. I hope that this offense does utilize those tight ends a little bit more and give Spencer some great looks in the middle of the field. Of course, with any elite offensive unit, it starts right up front in the trenches. The offensive line is a huge question mark for the Gamecocks this year. Unfortunately, in the spring, we did lose our starting left tackle in Jalen Nichols, a fifth-year senior who was slotted to be the bona fide starter at that left tackle position. Don't necessarily expect him back this season, so it certainly shakes up that starting cast for the offensive line. Also lost Eric Douglas to the NFL as he graduated. He was the starting center, so two wide-open slots, and The rest of the offensive line last year was sort of a moving cast, but we brought back a lot of guys with experience and brought in some key transfers. Starting with that tackle position, our prediction is we will see Ja'Kai Moore and Tyshawn Wanamaker at the two tackles to start the season. Ja'Kai Moore did have five starts at left tackle last year, and Wanamaker had four starts at right tackle last year. So it just makes sense to keep some sort of continuity. Those guys... fared pretty well at those positions. I will say at Ja'Kai, in those final three games, he was playing at left guard to end the season. It almost seemed like he found a home on the interior. Wouldn't be shocked if maybe we moved him back to the interior if somebody was able to take over those left tackle duties or maybe we slot Wanamaker over to left tackle and fill in the right tackle. The guys that potentially could make an influence in how that shakes up are two transfers. So starting with Jackson Hughes, he actually started all 11 games in for last year for UNC Charlotte. He stands at six foot six, so just a huge body. Played at the Division One level at left tackle. You know how that translates to the SEC, we will see. But a guy with some great experience there maybe can help provide some depth at that tackle position, along with Signe Fugar. He played for Western Illinois, another transfer, had nine starts at left tackle last season. All of that bodes well. 
just for having depth on the roster. As we've seen, injuries do happen. It's not a bad thing to have four guys battling out essentially two spots. And hey, maybe one of those transfers are able to take over one of those outside roles and we're able to move Ja'Kai back into the middle where he's a great run blocker and allow him to sort of dig his head down and be able to push the defensive line on some of those inside runs. And moving on to that interior, we are bringing back two experienced pieces in Vershawn Lee and Trey Jones. Vershawn Lee actually has 17 starts at left guard in his career. So a guy that's super experienced. We have him predicted to start the year at the left guard position. It essentially should be a shoe-in for some starting role in that interior offensive line. Could be center, could be right guard. I know he's taking snaps everywhere throughout the spring practice. And then Trey Jones had three starts last year, so not as experienced, but had some very solid reps. Again, was taking starting snaps in the spring, at least to start the year, expect him to be on that inside line. But he probably is the odd man out if we're somehow able to move Ja'Kai back into the interior, then Trey Jones, it probably is the one coming out of the starting lineup there. And then transfer from Yale, Nick Gargiulo, I'm super pumped about him. A guy that was the lone captain on the Yale football team, a great leader, was the co-winner of the Toughness Award at spring practice, has started over 24 games in his career, including 14 games at left tackle, and then another 10 starts on the interior. It seems like at the SEC level, he's not quite the outside tackle you're looking for. But he's really played everywhere throughout his career, including center. We're predicting him to be the starting center week one in Charlotte. And I think he's just going to be a great fixture in that offensive line unit. And also to add, his stash is great. (laughs) He's just a guy that, you know, is a character and has a very strong stash. A guy that won't be a face of Gamecock football, but will certainly be an entertaining face on the sideline. That'll wrap it up for our offensive breakdown. Again, just wanted to kind of run through that quickly. If you guys have different opinions, feel free to reach out to me on social media. You want to argue about who you think is going to be starting, you know, let me know. A lot of things are going to kind of shape up and start to show throughout training camp, which does start next week. So we'll have a little bit of a clear idea as we get closer to week one. But that's where we stand right now. That's where I'm feeling with this roster, top to bottom. I'm very excited about the offensive unit. You guys can see the full prediction post on my Instagram and Twitter. So feel free to take a look at that. Make sure to join us on the episode next week. We are going to deep dive the defensive unit and what to expect. Had a lot of shakeups, a lot of leaving starters on the defensive side of the ball. So a lot of new faces, a lot of transfers coming in. So make sure you're tuned into that. So again, when you go to Charlotte week one, You know who exactly is on the field and what to expect out of players and who to look out for maybe later in the game as some newer faces get some playing time. I appreciate all of you tuning in and make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. But until then, go Cox!